You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your favorite podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports. And, and now's the time, folks, because if you want to know what's going on around media days across the country, you're definitely want, going to want to check out the Locked On Podcast Network. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios here in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte, heart of the Queen City. I'm Doug Branson, joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. David, media day has come and gone, and boy, did we learn a lot. Man, Doug, you had your hands full in there yesterday. What a what a, uh, what a busy day. A lot of stuff out of there. A lot of news, like actual new things I didn't know. Well, that's the interesting thing, right? I mean, there were there were a few news bits that we'll get to, some injury news to, to update everyone on. But yeah, I mean, I think that everyone was really open, and I think everyone was really optimistic about the uh, realistic about expectations for the season, but optimistic about the season as well. Yeah. And I don't know if you could say the same thing for last season. I think there was a lot of talk about, you know, nobody believes in us. Uh, and it was just a different kind of atmosphere. And certainly that atmosphere improved by Dwight Howard, who did a social media takeover and uh, Malik Monk, who's kind of a happy go lucky joking around type of guy. He was in the uh, media room with Michael Kidd Gilchrist, his fellow uh, Kentucky Wildcat, and those guys were did yucking they, it up. They, so yeah, it was just did, a it was they, a different did they both move. Go, did it, they both go to Kentucky? They did. Okay, I don't I, know if you yeah, knew this. I, just, I, I did. I heard about that. Okay, yeah, just, just clarifying. Okay, are you ready? To, there's so much to tackle. Let's get mm-hmm. right into it, David. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so uh, let's. I want to just basically go over a few of the biggest storylines from this media day, and we're going to be talking about some things that came out of yesterday all week. I've got a couple of stories planned for you later in the week, uh, but first we have to talk about the, the biggest news, the biggest, the biggest addition for this team, and that is of course Dwight Howard. Here's Coach Clifford on what he hopes will be Dwight's direct and indirect effect on the Hornets' attack next season. You know, one of our issues last year was really when we went to our bench, we struggled. So not only does it give us someone that uh, I think is still, or not I think, I know is still an elite basket protector, an an elite shot blocker. Uh, And then the other thing it does is it puts Cody into a role that he can, I think, absolutely excel in. So, again, you're not only getting a starter that's a frontline starter, as you're now taking a position where we struggled, uh, and it really should be a position of great strength now. All right, so Clifford optimistic about what Dwight Howard can bring to this team, not only from his you know, two-way play, being able to I mean, you know, Clifford sees him as a player that can be dominant on both sides of the ball still this late in his career, but also... Uh, what he will do in terms of sending Cody Zeller to the second unit and and attacking teams that way. Yeah, for sure. And Frank mentioned that a little bit too while he was talking. You know, he sees Cody as a as a starter in this league, starting caliber center, and that can't be overstated. I don't think. I mean, if you can get a starter, you know, the way the Hornets did, a guy that can affect the game like Dwight Howard, 
and then send, you know, a piece of one of the best starting fives in the league in Cody Zeller. And we've talked about what he means in terms of doing the little things, setting the ball screens and working with, uh, the, you know, the screen and roll situation uh, on offense there. I mean, that's a big piece of that. And depth, I think, you know, in the clips I heard from you yesterday, Doug, you tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, depth was a, seemed to be a theme, uh, a big strength for this team going into the season. And that's a big part of it. Yeah, it's interesting. The The second unit, obviously a concern last season, and they did some things to to address that. I, I think it's interesting that when Clifford was asked about the second unit, uh, he basically said that, you know, essentially for the money that they had, uh, he thought yeah. they did really, really well. Now, I don't know if that's exactly a ringing endorsement of, of the second unit, and I think a lot of that is rooted in the concerns at point guard, which we will tackle a little later. Uh, but they certainly were in a tough position financially. And when you add a talent in, in Dwight Howard and you pick up Malik Monk in the draft and, and you kind of do what you can around the margins and hope that that's enough uh, to propel this team forward. And sending Cody Zeller uh, certainly will help. I mean, he's, he's, he's a good two-way player as well. So it's going to help, I think, balance that second unit that really struggled defensively in, in the fourth quarter <laughs> And I think Cody Zeller, you know, starting with Cody Zeller at the beginning of that fourth quarter will go a long way uh, to help that. Clifford talked a lot about uh, – oh, oh, I wanted to say this. Dwight said he wants the city of Charlotte to experience the finals. Are, are you okay yeah. with that okay, pre-training camp expectation setting? I love it, Doug. And you didn't mention – did he do this? The, the very first thing he came out and sat down in his, like, solo time, he, he kind of – played a little like he put on a little one-man show like pretending he was just coming off the court after a game were, were you you know what I'm talking about yes yeah basically he came in and he was pretending that they were finishing game three the of the NBA finals against the Golden <laughs> State Warriors it was uh, if yeah. I had to grade the I was just waiting for the punch the punchline never came it was a great he actually it was well, like a it was yeah. like a great impression but it was so accurate that the, the, I think everybody was sort of waiting for the punchline and it never came. Yeah, it caught everyone a little off guard, you know. Um, it, it wasn't expected. And then it did go on, maybe, maybe a hair longer than I thought it might. But I thought he ended it with a nice joke about, you know, uh, sealing the deal with getting a rebound over Steph Curry or something like that. So, I mean, he, I think he, he pulled it up. He pulled it out of the rut a little bit. But uh, I, thought, I just thought that was funny. I couldn't help but think, you know, if, if that had been like, oh, I don't know, anywhere else but Charlotte or any other year, but, but this year you, you, that may have gotten a few more headlines and maybe we'll see some stuff come out of that. But uh, that was just kind of like an example of he still seems like kind of a playful guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, But you did have a few people on our Twitter saying, hey, you know, let's win a first-round series first. Before talking about was, yeah. the, before talking about the NBA Finals, but I would say this: I mean, Steve Clifford talked a lot about fans not having low expectations for this team; that it was time for this team uh, and the fan base to mature and to expect great things. Otherwise, you know, great things are not going to happen. So, while you know, obviously, this team has to win a playoff series first. I mean, that's logical to get to the NBA Finals, right? That's the first step. You know, you're never going mm-hmm. to be a San Antonio. You're never going to be a Dallas, a Houston, one of these small markets that makes it to an NBA champ or at least contends for an NBA championship until you start 
thinking like one, and that goes for the coaching staff, the the uh, players, but I also think the fans and the media have to hold their feet to the fire and expect great things. Or if you want to be San Antonio, Dallas, yeah. or Texas, you move the team, or or Houston, you move the team to Texas. That would also be yeah. a solution. I I, I can. I can definitely see how that might, uh, you know, uh, garner that reaction, but like just watching it and, and, and things are always different in the moment and in the context of the setting and where you are, like it, it was a total joke. I mean, right. Like it was super tongue in cheek. Uh, oh, that, yes. A, no, no, that, that, the, yeah, the beginning yeah. part was tongue in cheek. What I'm talking about is, is Dwight Howard saying, oh, sure, sure. saying that, uh, he wants Charlotte, the, the city, the community to ex- because he's been to a finals, he's seen what yeah. it did to a okay. small market, and and he wants the city of Charlotte to experience that feeling. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you know, look at the East. Um, it's, it's definitely tougher, but they're going to be up there, expected to be in the playoffs. So, you know, he's been there. No one else on that. Well, uh, anyone else in this roster been in the finals? I'm racking my brain. I don't believe so. Mm-mm. So, uh, yeah. So, so to- um, just yeah, talking about intangibles. I mean, Dwight Howard brings that intangible. So, I think I believe Marvin uh, mentioned that as well. Uh, that you know he brings that experience. He knows what it takes to win a playoff series. He knows what it takes to win multiple ones. So that's going to be. I think uh, a factor that we talk about if the Hornets get back into playoff contention. I'm also interested to see what having a true interior defensive presence in Dwight Howard will do to help the rest of this Hornets defense. Could it take some pressure off of a guy like Marvin Williams, who the Hornets have depended on for block shots and tough defensive rebounding for multiple seasons? I had a chance to ask Marvin what impact he thought Dwight would have on the overall defensive strategy. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. Well, I think just having him back there, period, is going to allow all of us to get out to the shooters. Uh, you know, you can you can be a little bit more aggressive on the perimeter when you know that the big fella's back there, you know, protecting the rim. So I think it's going to allow all of us to be a little bit more aggressive on the perimeter, whether that be closing out the shooters or even just guarding your man one-on-one out there. If you do get beat, you know he's going to be there. Marvin, one of the smartest yeah. defenders on this team, one of the quarterbacks of the defense. You heard from him there, David. Do you buy it? Do you buy Dwight Howard's impact as an interior defender on the entire defense? Yeah, I mean, well, that's the idea, right? Um, Marvin mentioned it, and, and, and we've mentioned it here before, like the, uh, the ability for these guys to get out a little bit more on the perimeter uh, because that's what you saw last year when they gave up a record number of, of three-pointers, right? I mean, that was a big... Uh, Achilles heel for this team last year was giving up that that amount of threes. If you got him back there, then you can take a little more personal responsibility in guarding your man one on one, which is something else that Clifford hit on yesterday, Doug, uh, when, when asked about you know how this team is going to get back to the defensive style or, or the defensive the level of, of defensive intensity and success that they've had in years past. I mean, he he, he said you know it's a lot on him. But look, it's a lot on, um, you know, one-on-one guarding, too. And I think that's certainly going to help uh, with Dwight Howard back there. They, they haven't had – I mean, is Biombo is Bismack the last guy that was like a last line of defense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was absolutely Bismack yeah. Biombo. I mean, that's been their last interior defensive presence, and he had such problems on the other end of the floor offensively that he was tough to play for extended minutes. You're not going to have that same problem, obviously, with Dwight Howard, who was one of the most efficient offensive players in the league 
last season uh, because of his uh, ability to convert inside the paint. And as you said, yeah. David, uh, the Hornets not very good at at uh, stopping the three-point shot last season. The Hornets were dead last in three-pointers allowed and in the bottom third of the league in three-point field goal percentage allowed. So much of that had to do with Clifford's desire to defend the paint despite not having the personnel you know that you need uh, to defend the paint. Um, and he admitted that that bunch last year was not the most physical bunch, and and they you, they would have to play basically above what their sort of normal level of physicality was, uh, and and they just simply couldn't do it, especially in the fourth quarter. And uh, Dwight Howard mentioned that in his uh, chance to talk to the media that when you know from his perspective last season they played the Hornets four times. When he played the Hornets. Um, you know, take away the time that he got ejected because you know, him and Cody Zeller tangled up. But apart from right, that time, right. he basically said, look, you know, I knew that the Hornets were going to hit me in the mouth early and then, but we, but my team Literally. would have a chance to win at the end of the game, you know? So uh, right. that that's yeah. not, I think that's part of why you bring a guy like Dwight Howard uh, in to play for your team. Okay, real quick, let's talk about Seed Geek. I have the Seed Geek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a, a tap and a click on my phone, I can instantly find seats. I actually just used Seed Geek to buy some tickets to the Panthers. Uh, I still believe, David. I think uh, you know as as long as the the <laughs> as long as the other team doesn't have a great offensive line, and the Panthers can get a little pressure on the quarterback. The defense will will uh, do enough for the offense. That's my quick. It's my quick down. Panthers Football. take. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed. The win, if you're the Panthers, the win is not guaranteed, but the ticket will be. So you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And the best part, our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LONBA today. That's promo code LONBA for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Okay, injuries. Always a topic around any team heading into training camp, and the Hornets were no exception. Last year, it was the front court that was plagued with injuries with guys like Frank Kaminsky, Cody Zeller, Roy Hibbert, Johnny O'Brien, Miles Plumley, on and on and on, all dealing with injuries at one point or another. This season, it's flipped, and it seems to be the point guard position. Kimba Walker had an offseason knee procedure. Michael Carter-Williams had a platelet-rich plasma procedure done to both knees. And Clifford said yesterday that even third-string point guard Julian Stone has been nicked up. He's dealing with some groin pain. David, how worried are you about the point guard position? Well, the point guard position all comes down to Kemba. So, um, of course, depth is important. But if he can't go, then none of the rest of that stuff matters. Certainly, it's not great to hear that every, you know, level of of, uh, of, of player has some sort of is dinged up a little bit. I, the Julian Stone thing was uh, interesting, and and of course, you knew about the MCW. Although, heard great things about this platelet this platelet treatment. Doug heard really really good things about this. Um, you you buddies with a platelet again, doctor? 
<laughs> Playlists are huge right now. Um, They're in. Yeah, for me, it, it all comes down to Kemba. If he's ready to go, then they'll be able to patch something together behind him, you hope, with guys like maybe even Monk, uh, Batum. We'll see. Uh, but they need to get these guys healthy. I wonder, you know, did you uh, – was Marcus Page there yesterday? I, I assume he was. I saw some pictures of him from somewhere. Was he at Media Day? Yes, he was at Media Day, and, and he could factor in very early. He's on that two-way contract, could get a call up if if both Michael Carter-Williams and Julian Stone were to miss time. Very very important point there, David. I'm not worried about Kimball Walker so much. He said he was feeling great, able to do everything uh, they seem to indicate that they may be a little careful with him in training camp, possibly preseason, just to yeah. make sure that he's 100%. But there were no concerns about Kimba Walker being anything but 100% on October 18th when the Hornets tip things off for the regular season. MCW, okay. a completely different story. Uh, he basically did this uh, PRP procedure because he was feeling – he thought he had some tendonitis in, in these knees – but it, but the pain would not go away once they sort of d- did whatever they do to to fix tendonitis. I'm no doctor, but uh, basically he said that the pain wouldn't go away and it was limiting like- what he could do, limiting his athleticism. And if you're Michael Carter Williams, you know we know his his struggles with shooting. Like you need that athleticism if you're going to be effective at all on offense. So I think it was a a smart move to get this done. And hopefully when they do get Michael Carter Williams back, and we'll we'll get some updates on when exactly you know, that what that timeline looks like as as this week progresses. But when they do get him back, if they get him back at 100%, that's only going to benefit uh, the Hornets because uh, his size and athleticism perfectly pair with what they want to do uh, with Kimba Walker. On the good news front, David, are you ready for some good news? Both yeah, Cody Zeller. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say, like, just to last follow-up on that, I mean, it is worrisome, obviously, because, like, last year we saw the drop-off when you, when you had somebody come in for Kemba that wasn't up to that level of play, and we didn't know what that was going to look like once they got, you know, swapped out Ramon Sessions. So, I mean, there is some cause for some concern here if they have no one to back up uh, Kemba and they, and they have to patch it together for too long. But, you know, overall, it, it comes down to Kemba. I'm with you. I'm not too worried about him. But, man, they, they've got to be sweating out of just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I go back to what Clifford said about the second unit. He said, I think that for the amount of money that we had, I feel that we did really, really well. I mean, to really have almost limited free agent money and even less after we made the trade for Dwight, that I think potentially, obviously there are unknowns, but I think that our depth can be our strength. So again, not a not a ringing endorsement. And we know, David, that the limitations that they had with free agency money directly impacted that point guard position. So I think it I oh, think yeah. that's yeah. going to be, you know, the linchpin if if Michael Carter Williams isn't ready to go and Julian Stone is not an effective backup point guard, can't do what they need him to do on that second unit. They maybe have to turn to Marcus Page or they have to, you know, find well, some creative yeah. ways to get Monk and Nick Batum involved more with distribution. Uh, that could that could have some serious ramifications on on this offense mainly I think um, because I, I don't think Julian Stone's going to have any problems necessarily being a physical defender but uh, you know he hasn't played a ton of NBA minutes so how does he deal with sort of the the more complex pick and roll defense 
I think that's a question mark for Julian Stone as well. But on the good news front, both Cody Zeller and Frank Kaminsky have been healthy all summer. That's something Clifford brought up because of how unusual it is. Here's Cody Zeller on what having a healthy summer has meant to him the first healthy summer that he's had in quite some time. You know, I feel really good right now. I put on about 15 pounds and um, still able to run and jump just like I have been. And um, you know, so I feel very, very fortunate to have that full summer and try to take it full advantage of. David Zeller putting on pounds, but still, you know, putting on strength essentially. He's been in the weight room a lot, he said. Uh, and basically having that full summer to get ready for the season. You gotta, you gotta expect big things from Cody Zeller off the bench. Oh yeah, and Frank again uh, when he was talking about Cody, said he's one of the most. Is he one of the most annoying guys in the league to play against? Like it was a compliment, but you know, like if something we talked about earlier or, or last week that you know no one wants to play against Cody because you know he's he's going to be well. You, you you're you're um you play a lot of I know you play league basketball. I don't want to confuse this, but you play a lot of pickup, right? Right. And when you play recreational men's league, right? I know, I get it. Uh, <laughs> but you also <laughs> you also play pickup, and you know. That you know, in in pickup ball, the guy who like tries just a little bit too hard on defense, and it's like, bro, this is a pickup game. Like, like relax right. for a second. Right. That right. translated to the NBA, right? Is Cody Zeller? He's the guy that that tries just a little bit too hard, and it pisses you off. Yeah, and he keeps going, you know. Um, and and he, and he's skilled, but yeah, I mean, injuries obviously cut him down a little bit last year. So that's really good to hear. And you know, you mentioned the. Um, the, uh, the the field goal percentage for Dwight Howard. I mean, Cody Zeller is up there as well, right? Like both of those guys are, uh, you know, some of the best low post efficiency scorers in the league. And and if you can have one on each unit, you know, it speaks to get, again to that to that depth factor that that uh, the Clipper would highlighted so much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Steve, Steve Bob Forrest from AtTheHive.com just walked in the studio. He's going to make a coffee. I want to get him in here uh, soon to talk about. Uh, to talk I about that pick- rustling. Yeah, I know, and and he's an expert on pickup ball, so we can definitely we can definitely get him in oh, here yeah. and uh, talk some uh, talk about what what Zeller means to this team. Uh, uh, you mentioned Frank Kaminsky there. One of the more surprising things we learned at Media Day was also uh, injury related. I asked Frank about uh, I asked Frank about his comments and coach's comments last season regarding his tough start to the season. Essentially, that he got into his own head at times. And Frank was was very open about his explanation for mm-hmm. for that situation that happened last summer. Um, you know, I was really in a good place. You know, in the middle of the summer, and um, you know, obviously, I ended up having that surgery. And um, I don't know what it did to me mentally, but um, you know, they said it was going to be this minor procedure, and it ended up being this thing where I was just in a lot of pain. Um, you know, I, I mean, I had my lung operated on and it was, it was tough for me because, you know, I pretty much had two months in the middle of the season where I did absolutely nothing. I sat on my couch. Um, I couldn't sleep in a bed. I was sleeping on a couch. Um, and mentally I just kind of lost track of things. Um, you know, when I was coming back, I was trying to fight so hard to get back to the level where I was at. I ended up losing 20 pounds because of that surgery. Um, and I just wanted to be back to where I was and I kind of burnt myself out to begin the season because I was trying so hard to get back to what, you know, I thought I was going to be having a whole off season. I tried to put a whole off season's worth of work into like a month and a half and it didn't, it didn't turn out so well. So once I kind of calmed myself back down and 
got back to a better place mentally, I was able to just focus on more of the things that I was doing. Once I started feeling good again, I was just I just got more and more comfortable out on the court. Um, and now having this whole off season where I haven't had a single setback, um, you know, I'm excited for what I'm going to be able to do this year. So Frank, uh, go, he, went, he would go on to talk about that procedure that he had on his chest, on his lungs. He had tubes in his lungs, wasn't able to eat, wasn't able to sleep very comfortably for, for several days. And it just felt like he kind of, uh, he, he said he almost had a mental breakdown, just kind of spiraling uh, after not being able to get back on the court, being concerned about his conditioning and David, we've talked about, you know, the first couple of months of the season, shooting 27% from beyond the arc. And at the time, you and I on the show were basically like, what, what's going on? Yeah, that's crazy, man. Really enlightening to hear that. I mean, he shed some light on some stuff that was going on. I mean, that can affect you mentally, Doug. You have your lung operated on. You have, you've got tubes coming out. You know, like that's um, something that can really mess with your head and, obviously affect you physically. He mentioned, you know, not being able to sleep in a bed, sitting on the couch, um, not being very comfortable. You throw a couple of kids in there and welcome to my world, Frank, but um, not to make a joke of that, but um, that was, uh, that's crazy. And, and so that, it makes a little more sense, but it also just makes you excited for what he's able to do this year. And you can kind of see that in his response there. Uh, didn't you think Doug, I mean, he's, he looks pretty motivated um, and he's, he's a jovial guy too, right? Like, like he and Dwight, I can, see how they may get along and be jokesters and stuff. But he got pretty serious when he talked about that because, I mean, you can tell it affected him. And um, so th- that could be a big season. He, he could, if he has a hot start, I mean, that's going to be big for this team. All right, we've got uh, Steve Bob Forrest from AtTheHive.com live here in the studio. Yeah, you're on the you're, you're on the YouTubes now. For, first time in – I think I actually made this public, so I think, David, we're actually – uh, actually live live I don't know how many people are watching because I really didn't advertise this but mm-hmm. we're here well you know once I blast it out to my base oh, uh, it's over. get get the servers That's ready right. get the backup servers 17 people it's going <laughs> to it's going to really pound the servers hey man so what did you think about uh, what you've heard out of media day so far uh, yeah I was going to you know watch the show later oh, okay uh, figuring, <laughs> no uh <laughs> Well, first of all, kudos, kudos to Doug and David here. I mean, great, great job on on getting in there on media. Day. I, as far as I know, only podcast there. I didn't. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't check. Poll. I didn't see Mark Marin there. <laughs> didn't see my favorite murderers. They no. weren't there. Um, no, it was good. I mean, it, it's just exciting. I'm just like I'm pumped that the season is here. I feel like media day is is like the official. You know, oh, it's real. We're yeah. we're coming up on it now. Yeah, we talked about it at the top of the show. I, I felt like there was a a different kind of mood around this media day. There was not a a chip on the shoulder type of mood. It was more like, look, yes, we understand the expectations. We understand that last season was a disappointment, and and but they were. You know, I think a lot of the guys are very positive about the addition of Dwight Howard and what it means for the team, and also what Malik Monk can bring to this team offensively. Uh, I just feel like it was a, a different kind of mood for for this basketball team, and we were just talking about Frank Kaminsky. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to these comments about he was talking about his uh, chest injury that he had in 2016 had had to have an operation essentially on his lungs, 
and what that did to him, not only physically to start the season, but also mentally. Uh, he said, he, he quote, he, th- he thought he maybe had kind of a mental breakdown, essentially, uh, because of how serious this was. You know, he's a guy that jokes around a lot, was walking around media day with his shades on, was doing funny poses on the court for pictures. Uh, had some fun with his bobblehead, had it on the table, was making fun of the fact that it's a ginger. It's like red hair, and he's <laughs> obviously not a ginger. But he got serious <laughs> about this, guys. I mean, he wouldn't— Correct me if I, I'm wrong. Yeah. He is also not a stormtrooper. No, okay, no, so not— Okay, so a lot of inaccuracies. Right, yeah, no, he definitely head. fights for, for the Rebel Alliance. Okay, but, great, good. But he—but <laughs> there was—when he talked about this, there was a different uh, tenor— in his voice, uh, and, and I think that yeah. uh, you know having this healthy off season, having that month of February where he got a chance to start nine games and averaged over eighteen points a game, sort of. I don't know whether it was the culmination of rebuilding his confidence or whether it w- will lead to to that essentially, or or was the cause of his confidence being built back up. Uh, but certainly fans are going to expect Frank Kaminsky not to come into the first couple of months of the season and shoot 27% from beyond the arc and have those one of nine, one of 11 type of performances. Mm, yeah. And uh, I think, I mean, that's that's interesting to hear. I'm glad that he was uh, open and talking about it because I, I, don't, I don't remember hearing a lot of that in detail uh, last season. I mean, we could obviously see the you know he had all that gear on not quite a stormtrooper outfit but he had, he did have like almost a full body sleeve on you know yeah. for that little stretch and um you know obviously you don't want to hear about a guy going through a, a mental breakdown but i would say yeah, if the, if he's come out on the other side of it better and uh you know if you're at the point where you're where you're like yeah i'm past this i, I can talk about this now that's a great mm-hmm. sign and uh, i'm excited because he did have you know a great stretch there last year and i I'm a big Frank guy. I I do think he's one of the few guys on our team with that. He still has a little breakout potential. I think, you know, Monk's obviously number one on that list. But I I could still see Frank being a a 20-a-game guy in the league. Uh, Not unnecessarily on this team right away, but, you know, down the line, I could see him coming along in that way. He's a leader. He always has been. David. Yeah, yeah. Another thing, uh, Steve, he said was like he tried to compress, you know, a whole off season into, you know, a, a tighter time period there, dealing with that injury, and yeah. that probably affected him as well. I mean, you, you lump all that together, and the mental toll, uh, like a weird operation like that, takes on you for a young guy. You know, I mean, it, it's almost like a, a, a sense of, um, you know, you lose your sense of invincibility, especially if you're a young athlete and you're your second year in the league. So, like. I, it can't be overlooked. I think how, how effective that, how affecting that could have been for him last year. But um, you know, Doug, as you asked him, like the good run he had there to to be able to have some success and build off of that, and then go into this off season fully healthy, have a full off season. Um, if his, you know, if his, if his Twitter game and if his just sense of joking, like you mentioned, Doug, is any indication he feels a lot better overall. So I mean, that's that's going to be huge. And and Steve, we've said the same thing just talking about potential breakout guys because the rest of the roster is kind of what it is, right? Like, I mean, guys mm-hmm. can go up a little bit, but Frank is really, really the only guy left. I mean, maybe you want to throw lamb in there after yesterday. He got talked about a lot, but Frank's really the only guy left that could really maybe has a lot higher to go in his ceiling potentially. Um, so that's why we kind of mentioned him looking at the breakout potential of guys 
um, this season as well. So, yeah, I mean, um, interesting to hear that. And it's always cool when guys open up because, like you said, Doug, he, 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 got, he got pretty serious on that note. Yeah, and one of the first things that Steve Clifford mentioned in in his comments was that basically if if this team wants to get to where it's going to get to, and we've heard him talk about this several times, he basically said that, you know, several guys will have to be in contention and or winning awards, yeah. major awards. And, and I think you can put both Dwight Howard and Frank Kaminsky in that bucket of players who could vie for most improved player. Totally. And how about Cody for that as well? I mean, well, what? maybe not improved. Yeah, that's a problem. Comeback that's, player, is that still a thing? Is that an no. NFL thing? Uh, yeah, I don't I think it's yeah, I don't think that's a thing anymore. Okay, so Steve Bob's awards, <laughs> we're going uh we're just gonna call it the Cody Started. Zeller Award. <laughs> well, and and the thing with Cody and and also Nick Batum is that statistically they played you know, essentially where they where they well, played, and I don't I, I don't think that I can really see a necessarily a breakout sure. from Cody or or anything crazy from Nick Batum in, in terms of his performance. I think to your larger point, though, yeah. that yes, I mean, there's a lot of guys on this team that we should anticipate like better production mm-hmm. from in mm-hmm. general because those guys did miss games. So, I mean, that's the thing. Not only did we add talent where we needed it, um, that we we have guys now that are coming back that that kind of have something to prove. I mean, you could say the same uh, for Marvin to some extent. You know, he got over – he signed that contract a a couple years back and people ragged on him for that. And and I also anticipate Kemba improving too. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I think this team could really surprise people and and should be a strong uh, team in the East. All right, I want to take a quick second to tell you about something we've started here on Locked On Hornets. It's, it's a way for you to get access to more Hornets content, a way for you to get content from us first before anyone else. It's called Patreon, and it starts at only a dollar a month, and all that money goes to help make this show uh, even better this season as uh, we're taking you right inside uh, the Charlotte Hornets. Go to patreon.com slash L-O-H. There's a link in the description of this episode. Get exclusive interviews and access to content before anyone else. Check it out, patreon.com slash L-O-H, and help keep our hive alive. And right now, we're on the search for a name, essentially, for the people who subscribe to Patreon, because I'm just tired of calling them Patreon subscribers. Love that they're part of this this uh, Hardcore Hornets fan club that is Locked On Hornets. I mean, we've always been uh, a podcast that's been very open about the fact that we appeal to the most hardcore of fans, but I want to give them a name, and we've been asking them for suggestions. Uh, We've got sort of a lot of plays on Swarm, and uh, we've got horn nuts, which mm. I Man. it's tough. I gotta I gotta be able to say it. I gotta uh. be able to say it with a straight face. Um, the nest was a good. I, I kind of like that. Mm. Um, I, I gotta play with it a little bit. I think. Yeah, um, a little generic, a little broad. Y- yeah, Queen's Army. I think was a it was sort of a soccer play <laughs> there. Uh, anyone? Anyone else got any kind of ideas off the dome? Oh, off the dome. Hmm. Queen uh, locked Queen's on. Area. So maybe we play with locked on a little bit here. Yeah. Try to figure this thing out. Sure, yeah. Well, then you're going in the, you know, hey, support to all of the locked on network, of course, but hey, let's get this the horns going, you know. So. I know, it feels like we've we've drained a lot of the drained a lot of the Hornets swarm buzz. I was thinking like maybe like a Doug Dugaholics 
or like a, like a <laughs> no i don't want to actually it was not thinking that, that David. Was, um, i wasn't okay okay just me just me then so, all, so all i pre- all listen ever. david i appreciate it uh okay we'll, we'll we'll keep thinking about it keep uh submitting those to twitter at locked on hornets or uh, on patreon patreon.com slash loh Let's move on to another guy who has stayed healthy over the summer. That is Nick Batum, and he's done that in large part because he did not play for the French national team the first time that he has not done that over the summer in a very long time. Can't get hurt if you don't play. Uh, He said he felt weird all summer about the decision, but it was ultimately the best decision for his family, his game, and uh, he's anxious to play again. Let's hear from Nick. I missed it. Miss the game. I'm missing it so I mean, and uh, I'm really excited to like be tomorrow. And uh, we we start practicing like I stopped I stopped practicing with the guy like two weeks ago. So I feel like I started camp already two weeks ago. So it's nothing big. It's gonna won't be a big deal tomorrow. But uh, usually the first day of training camp, my first practice, my first practice with the guy. The first time I met the new guys as well. So I met Dwight already, I met uh, Carter Williams, I met the two rookies no, I'm good with that, so tomorrow's going to be easy for me So what do we think about those comments? Nick saying he's been in early, this is the first time that he's done this, that he's you know sort of focused on his NBA team over the summer, focused on his NBA game uh, What do you? how do you think that will affect him uh, this coming season, David? Oh, I think it it can only be a positive. A couple other things he mentioned that I, I took note of. He said he went back and watched, you know, some of the flubs, some of the mistakes he had oh, along yeah. the way uh, on film. Um, you know, which, like I said before, I think a lot of them stuck out just because they were in key situations, end of game situations, you know, tight game situations um, that uh, may maybe could have turned things the other way. But I think that's important. I mean, obviously, looking at your mistakes and. He'll try and fix a lot of those. But the other thing he mentioned was he is going to be focused on getting Dwight Howard touches. Um, and I don't know if you heard that little nugget, Doug, but I oh, found I that interesting too. I mean, Dwight, yeah, okay. I dug it. Um, I, I, Dwight, do, <laughs> Dougaholics. <laughs> now we're talking. Now we're talking. Hashtag Dougaholics. Make it happen. Um, but yeah, huge for Nick. Um, a lot of changes for guys. Uh, you know, this season as opposed to last season. And I don't think none uh, are any more important than, than Nick staying here. And I'm excited to see what he can do because that's a huge change for him. I mean, it's the first time, like, in his adult life, right, that he hasn't played for the national team. Yeah, and, and I think that's a big thing, too. Uh, one, yeah, it's like he's older. He's he's kind of maybe settling down his roots a little bit more. But that that's nothing to slough off on the fact that, this guy, like that, the, his identity has largely been. Uh, you think of him first as a, as a great French basketball player. That, at least I always have, you know. And then he's kind of a utility guy in the NBA, very valuable. Um, so I, I think that's that's really cool to hear from him. I also have an exclusive for you guys. Exclusive, exclusive. All right, nobody at Media Day got this one. I was I was chatting with uh, young Stephen Sears, uh, writer at at the Hive. Mm-hmm. He works at the Dick's Sporting Goods University. Nick Batum went what? in and bought a what? bike yesterday after oh, wow. Media Day. So he's biking, guys. There you go. He's out there just a random wow. thing. Left Media Day, bought a bike. I mean, that can only mean good things for the Hornets, I think. Staying in shape. Absolutely. Cycling. Caring about the environment. A little. I made the note. It's Cycling a, is huge. It's a little uh, little stereotypical <laughs> biking, Frenchman. You biking know? and platelet-rich plasma. 
both very in right now in 2017. Hot this year. Hot. Very in. Yeah, you got to get that plasma, dog. <laughs> got to. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I definitely noticed uh, what Batum said about the the eliminating essentially bad turnovers. He said it came after talking to Coach Clifford. Here's uh, here's what he said about that. And that's what I was looking at all summer. I look at videos, a lot of video about that. My one of my worst turnovers I have all season. And I got to pay attention to that. Yeah, doesn't mean that my main goal this year. Yeah. It's great. It's something we've covered. David, uh, you know, he basically doubled his late game crunch time turnovers. And, and we've said it, it I think it, it definitely contributed to uh, the fact that the Hornets could not close out some of those close games. And, and it's good to see that he's recognizing it and that he wants to improve it. And that he, you know, that's not something you can improve playing for the French national team. That's something you really have to sort of dig in, dig into the tape, like he said, and then work with your teammates on figuring that out because that turnovers, you know, are rooted in in chemistry and timing and and things that you have to develop with the players that you're going to be playing with all uh, season. Clifford also said that he was in the best, uh, Nick Batum was in the best shape of his career. I tweeted that, and of course, Bleacher Report NBA was all over it with the hashtag best shape of his career because that always gets said about someone during every media day for Everyone. every team. Uh, the Hornets have been through it with Al yeah. Jefferson and Jeremy Lamb. It, it's always someone who gets the moniker, the crown. Yeah, I want them to do that for like the third assistant coach sometime. Yeah, Eddie Jordan. Yeah, yeah right. Just, Eddie just Jordan, Jordan, best shape of his career right now. He showed up and he's, he's ready to coach again. He's fit. He's, you know. He's riding a bike. Did you, did you guys see Big Al? Did you guys see Big Al? I've seen the picture. Well, again. What's he looking like? He's slim. Slim. Shelt. Looks like Super he's riding skinny. a bike. Oh. Looks like he's riding three bikes Dang. at the same time. A lot of, lot of platelets. <laughs> I actually talked with uh, the guys over at Locked On Pacers about Al Jefferson as part of their player preview series. Not sure if that has aired or when that is airing, but uh, when I get word, I will I'll let everyone know. We kind of went down a, a trip down yeah. memory lane. Oh, you dug a Oh, you <laughs> dug a holics out there. You want to check out me on Locked On Pacers. I love uh, Al Jefferson, one of my favorite just guys to hear in an interview. He always calls everybody boss. He's like, all right, boss. Just like, I don't know, great. <laughs> it's a cool thing. Great yeah. voice. Great interview voice. Great interview great. voice. Very, like it was a, always really, really oh, yeah. friendly. Great bed. How how awesome does your bed have to be to be like the most famous NBA player bed? That's you, incredible. You saw the picture on social There's, media of Malik Monk's new bed. What? Hashtag Wait, hold ad. up now. He had a, Wait a second. What's, yeah. his, what, what's he working with? Someone, uh, one of these companies, Comfort Fit, I don't know. Someone gave him a mattress for his new for his new digs. It's just him in uh, the covers. And then I think Dwight Howard made some kind of <laughs> some kind of joke on Instagram that I didn't understand. But people people out there, the Dougaholics out there, tell me that it was <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that it was funny. Right. Uh, yeah, is he sponsored I by love, Casper? Or I something? love inside jokes. He just got a podcast. I hope to be a part of one someday. He's gonna hit a three and just yeah, that was brought to you by Casper. They'll they'll bring it. Maybe to you. it was them. I don't know. Yeah. Um, hey, okay. Let's let's end on this. We got to wrap up. Uh, what I want to figure out what the quote of media day was. I've got a couple of suggestions here. If you if you want to throw one out, uh, suggest them on Twitter at Locked On Hornets or hit us up on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash LOH. I've got a few suggestions here, guys. If you want to throw one out, feel free. But here we go. Uh, there was Dwight comparing losing the NBA Finals to missing out on McDonald's. That was interesting. Okay. Don't know if you had a chance to hear that. Uh, it's up on Patreon right now. He basically said it was like he was talking about his time 
in Orlando and they lost the finals to the Lakers. And he said it was like your mom taking you to McDonald's and you smell the French fries and you, you see the Big Mac and then you're like, oh, can we go? And she's like, nope. So it was, it was a funny quote. You want to take a listen to that. Um, also, Malik Monk saying he has too much time on his hands and, and he thinks he wants to take up reading. That's pretty. <laughs> that's got to be it. It's pretty. Oh, that's pretty mine. late that's, in the game. One year, yeah, you know, you, you, Kentucky. Ha, now, have you guys heard of this reading? Yeah, says was you at college last year? <laughs> so, Steve, that reading's seems like reading's like reading's like watching TV, but what? There's no people with Is the mind. Right? Yeah, with the mind. It's, You're watching <laughs> it with the mind. Okay. That okay. I mean, it sounds funny. I mean, like, but that. He's doing better than I am, though. Like I know what he means. You're just like it's it's an active thing you have to try to do nowadays. You're like, oh gonna, yeah, I'm yeah for p- sure. Crack a book open. What would that be like? Maybe I should read on my iPad. Yeah, you're like I'm gonna read that Harry Potter thing, and then you just watch Netflix. <laughs> I've now I've got an extensive library of uh, sample copies of books on my iPad right now. Just just the first like thirty pages or so. And That's they're, they're the really first. Good. The first step is just locating books, and then you know you can get to reading <laughs> them. Figure that out later. Right. Uh, or okay, so that seems to be the leader in the clubhouse right now, Steve. But I've got I've got one more right. gem. Okay, there was a, a, of course a lot of talk at media day about the controversy that's going on right now in the NFL and it and it got Steph Curry of course too when president trump uh, quote you know didn't you know uninvited him to the white house whatever anyway uh, so it, yeah, I would were, like to make a point. Steph Curry is also not invited to my last Thursday's Steph Curry night at my house. Great. He didn't show up to. <laughs> it's important breaking news. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of questions to, to a lot of the players and, of course, Coach Clifford. Um, but it led to this exchange between Dwight Howard and ESPN's Tob Habistro. Take a listen. Dwight, let's say you do win the championship. Would you go to the White House? <laughs> <laughs> Are you Steph, serious? Steph you would I go to the White House? Would you go to the White House? I go to the White House, my house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if they win the championship. He'll go to Dwight House. That's a pro. Dwight House. That's a pro. He, right he, there. he look. He thought of that off the dome. Now there's you know the whole him coming out. We talked about it early in the show. You know he came out and did this sort of routine like it was Game Three of the Finals and and the Hornets had just won a game over the Golden State Warriors and. Um, that, you know, he had definitely thought of that before mm-hmm. he stepped out. Uh, but this was improvised. This was this came from the heart. The, uh, now, kudos to yeah, getting it off in the right time. But uh, there's a 0% chance Dwight Howard hasn't thought of every single pun <laughs> for his name. <laughs> Just pounding gummy bears at home. It's like, oh, I could, I could be like, uh, yeah, Dwight House, uh, D- Dwight Age. Turn off the Dwight's. Dwight Castle. All of the Dwight's. All of the Dwight's. (laughs) All right. There's still so much we have to get to from this week. uh, On this week, we have so much to get to from Media Day and, of course, Training Camp, which kicks off today and goes through the rest of the week, including Everyone Loves Lamb, Why the Team Can't Stop Heaping Praise on the Guard, plus How Will Dwight Howard Affect the Balance Between Offensive Rebounding and Transition Defense? We'll get a little inside basketball knowledge from Coach Clifford later on in the week. Plus, 
Kimball Walker's very simple advice for Malik Monk as a young shooter in the NBA and what Malik thinks will make him a successful shooter early on in his career and so much more. But we'll leave you today with a question that I posed to head coach Steve Clifford. He said in his exit interview at the end of last season that, quote, if you don't have a definitive vision of what the end should look like, there's no way you can lead people to where you want them to go. So I asked uh, Coach Clifford, what is his vision for the team? Top five defense, top ten offense. To me, that's what it's got to be. If you're healthy, you're going to be playing in a manner where you can get in the playoffs and be a factor. Those are the expectations set by the coach, and the work begins this afternoon for the Charlotte Hornets. They have two practices today, and they'll practice through the rest of the week as they get set for preseason here. The NBA kicking off oh so soon. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Hornets. Keep it here throughout the week as we will have more analysis on what's going on at training camp. Keep you up to date on all of the news surrounding the Charlotte Hornets. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets and subscribe to us on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, whatever you use to get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets and shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzz buzz at Locked On Hornets. Or, of course, you can always hit us up on Twitter. We're back again tomorrow for David and Steve. I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.